we're delaying because every time I look up, the door opens and more people come in. And that's a good thing. Anyway, oh, it happened again. Hi, Miss Peggy. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and start this morning. We're going to sing All the People Said Amen to open our service. If you want to rise and sing with us, please do so. You are not alone If you are lonely When you feel afraid You're not the only We are all the same In need of mercy To be forgiven and be free It's all you got to lean on But thank God it's all you need And all the people said amen And all the people said amen Give thanks to the Lord For His love ever And all the people said amen If you're rich or poor Well, it don't matter Weak or strong, you know Love is what we're after We are all broken But we're all in this together God knows we stumble and we fall And He so loved the world He sent His Son to save us all And all the people said Amen Whoa, whoa, and all the people said Amen Give thanks to the Lord for His love never ends. And all the people said Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit who are torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted and the pure in heart. Blessed are the people hungry for another star. This is the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and all the people said amen. Oh, 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 and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for His love never ends. And all the people said amen. And all the people said amen. Whoa, whoa, and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for His love never ends. And all the people said amen. And all the people said amen. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I I thank God for each one of you that's here. I know we've had a lot of rain here lately, but isn't it great to come to church and see green and life and and praise God. It's just been a beautiful weekend to me. Let's go to the Lord and just thank you for this beautiful weekend and this beautiful day in this house today. Father God, I come before you right now and just thank you that we can gather in this place knowing that we know that we know that you are God. Lord of lords, King of kings, and I just pray in the name of Jesus that you will just pour out your blessings upon us. 
allow us to just, just feel your grace be manifested into us. God, some of us are in this house today. We have fallen. We have sinned. We have, we have had a bad week, maybe. Things have happened in our lives that we are not proud of. Or maybe Satan himself has attacked us and we almost cratered, or maybe we did crater. I just pray this morning that you will just cleanse us and clear us from all unrighteousness. Give us that new blank slate to start with. And may we go into your message and into your service today with a truly thankful heart, for you are God. And it's in the power of that name of Jesus Christ that we can ask for your glory to come down upon us. So in the name of Jesus Christ, may the windows of heaven open, may your Holy Spirit indwell this place, and may we leave here today as a people, not just saying we've been to church, but a people filled with the Holy Spirit power, knowing that we can change the world through he who lives within us. May your will be done in your service today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Guys, it's good seeing everybody this morning. As I said, I, I pray that you're ready for God to move in the house today. I know being Labor Day weekend, we got folks that are traveling, doing barbecuing, getting there and here and all this other stuff. But those that are here, ain't it great that God can be here? He can be there with them. And he's in every church that's lifting his name and his resurrection. Amen. Praise God for him. So walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and just tell them it's good to see them in God's house today. Three, four. God of creation, the King of peace, maker of everything, sacrifice the praise I bring unto the King of peace. Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, I lift my voice and pray. Hosanna, Hosanna, thanking you for your amazing grace. You left your glory, your throne on high. Bear a cross for me, you died. Souls been bought, I've been sanctified by the King of Kings. Hosanna. Hosanna, Lord, I lift my voice and praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, thanking you for your amazing grace. You sent your spirit to rescue me. I was bound, but now I'm free. You've given me liberty, you're the King of peace. Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, I lift my voice in praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, thanking you for your amazing grace. God of creation, the King of kings, maker of everything. The sacrifice of praise I bring unto the King of kings. Oops. As we get back to our seats this morning, I told the kids not to run in church, but maybe I need to tell the adults to run. And nobody's hearing a word I'm saying. People sure are weird today. Oh, one heard me. <laughs> wow. I got $5 the first one that looks at me. Just joking. Ah, I got hands going. <laughs>
Amen. Well, just a few announcements this morning, uh, one of which pretty soon, uh, you, you, as you know, we took up the fundraiser and for the, the uh, audiovisual stuff and to get the new screens. Uh, they, they were up here yesterday and all the cables are ran, everything's done. All that's left is just mounting this, the, project, the screens and such. So we're real close to having our, our audiovisual done. So praise the Lord for that. That being said, and praise God for those material blessings that God is blessing us. If you look in your bulletin, I didn't get the numbers on the wall this morning, but this is the second month in a row that we were really low on our, our giving. So again, let me just say, that's between you and the Lord. We don't pass a plate in this church. Uh, we never want to make it. God already owns everything that's in every wallet and everybody's mind in this church. However, it's an act of obedience between you and him. Therefore, we don't pass a plate to shame anybody, but we do have our prayer and offering columns front and back. And I want to encourage you, if, you if, if God's laid on your heart to give, to make sure to, to give your tithe and offerings in, unto the church. Uh, Hammerfest is coming up very quickly, September 10th. And that being said, our staff meeting tomorrow is Labor Day, so there will still be people that are possibly traveling. So our staff meeting is moved till Tuesday. So Tuesday is our, our staff meeting. We took a little bit of a hiatus over the summer months. It's time to get back on the swing of things with Hammerfest and Fall Festival and things of that nature coming up. Uh, we encourage you to come and be a part of that, uh, So, or part of those things. As far as staff, I'm going to ask my staff to be here 7 o'clock Tuesday. And that being said, too, let me throw this out there because of Fall Fest and such. I'm not exactly sure where I will be physically by then, but the September 22nd, I'm going to be having my knee replacement. Praise the Lord, that's come through. I'm not exactly sure what that means as far as downtime. So I'll be, be asking you guys to give me a hand as far as like with Fall Festival, things I, I do, putting up a lot, a lot of things I do around here. I may be calling on you guys to, to give me a hand with uh, physically and things. that I don't know if my leg will be up to par yet. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure how that's going to go. So if I, if I call you and say, hey, I need help with the lights or something like that, that's what we're we're going to be looking at. And that first Sunday after the surgery, if I call you up and say, hey, you're preaching that day, be ready. Everybody's like, Turn, what, what's his number? I'm going to put that on block. <laughs> Seriously, guys, so uh, be in prayer for me. That's on the 22nd, so that's still a little ways off. But a lot, a lot of good things coming up. And then the only other thing I'm going to point out, she put in here, join us for Thursday nights. We She always puts it in there. But we had a good crowd this past Thursday night, and I'm, I don't know if it's because Brian made fish or what the deal was, but uh, if that's the way it is, y'all need to start catching the fish and bring them to Brian's house so he has to cook every week. Uh, well, I guess you're off the hook, buddy. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's good to see everybody on Thursday night prayer meeting. If you can come and make it, praise the Lord, we have a, a great time of going over our prayer list and fellowship and things of that nature. That's enough announcements this morning. Brother Corey, come on up. pray with you, brother. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you, and again, I thank you for his, his willingness to come and open himself up to be used by you. I know Satan doesn't like it when anyone comes and opens your word, but I just pray your protection about him. Bless he and his family, Lord God, and just, just watch over them as he comes to share the word. May we hear you through him as he opens your Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. amen thank you. Thanks, brother. Good morning. 
This morning we're going to be reading out of uh, Second Chronicles chapter 26. No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's actually Isaiah chapter 4. I'm sorry, guys, I usually don't do that. I usually don't forget the uh, scripture I'm going to read. Um, Pastor, maybe you can help me out. I'm trying to find that scripture that talks about uh, whenever you reshare a Facebook post, you get blessed. Do you remember what scripture that is? So you mean when I uh, reshared 25 times yesterday about being blessed with money, I'm not going to get rich? No. So this doesn't mean that I'm heartless when I don't share the picture of the child that's sick? No. Amen. <laughs> um, I wanted to share that, guys, because I see it all the time on Facebook. If you guys have me on Facebook, you know I, I do the best I can to spread the word. Um, I minister to people all the way from the Philippines to Africa to Saudi Arabia now. And I can't tell you how many times I see people posting that, you know, if you share this room full of money, you'll be rich by Monday. I'm thinking to myself, I'll share that thing 25 times and be a millionaire. Or if you don't share this uh, picture of the cancer-stricken baby, you're heartless, stuff like that. Um, When I read stuff like that, it just, it frustrates me a little bit because I'm thinking, you know, that is something that is totally untrue and so many people buying into it. It's almost, I guess you can consider it a false doctrine almost. It is just crazy. But I wanted to actually read out of uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, show you guys how you can truly be blessed. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. There will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fears to bear fruit. So, in closing, this is your river, not Facebook. Let's pray. Dear Grace, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Heavenly Father and Lord, we just, we thank you for the blessings every, every day you give us, Heavenly Father. We also thank you for the trials, Heavenly Father, to, uh, to remember who we are, Heavenly Father. We ask that you uh, continue to bless the ones who trust in you, Heavenly Father, and who stay in your word, Heavenly Father, and, and have a strong foundation in you, Lord Jesus. We ask this in your gracious, heavenly name, amen. Praise God. We're going to lift the Lord up in Him today. We're going to do uh, Oldie But a Goodie. <laughs> Hopefully you guys will sing along with us. Join us as we sing I'll Fly Away. Three, four. Some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away To a home on God's celestial shore I'll fly away, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars is flown, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. In the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. 
Oh, how glad and happy when we meet, I'll fly away. No more cold iron shackles on my feet, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. In the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, fly away. And now for an abrupt change in style. <laughs> Without volume, nothing works. Let's try that again. I am chosen, I am free, I am living for eternity, free now forever. You pick me up, turn me around, you set my feet on solid ground, yours now forever. Nothing's gonna hold me back, nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back My chains fell, my heart was free I'm alive to live for you I'm alive to live for you Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me you gave everything, everything for me. Everything. You washed my, my sin and shame away. The slate is clean. A brand, brand new day. Free now forever. So boldly yeah, yeah, I approach, approach your throne. throne to claim this crown through Christ my own. Yours now forever. Nothing's gonna hold me back Nothing's gonna hold me back Nothing's gonna hold me back My chains fell off, my heart was free I'm alive to live for you I'm alive to live for you Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. Now I'm free. 
free to give, free to be, free to love you, free to live, free to give, free to be, free to love you, free to live, free to give, I'm free to be, free to love you, Lord. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, love how can it be? It be? You, you gave, gave everything for me. me. You gave, gave everything, everything for me. Everything. one you know I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned and I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again that again. And I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. And I'm accepted. You were condemned. And I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love how can it be you my king died for me amazing love It's my joy and honor. Amazing love, I know it's me. You find your time for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. 
and I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned and I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again Amazing love, how can it be? You, my king, would die for me Amazing love, I know it's true my joy and honor Amazing love how can it be you my king without me Amazing love It's my joy to honor you In all I do I honor say and do this day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalms chapter 3, first of all. The, um, we're going to have quite a few scriptures this morning. And I, 
Bob, Bob challenged me yesterday that he could find them as fast as I spit them out. <laughs> huh? Ah, okay. All right. Because I changed the list on you so you wouldn't win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Seriously, we got quite a few scriptures I'm going to be throwing out there today, but a couple of them are real text scriptures. But so if you want to be turning to Psalms chapter 3, that's where we're going to start. Most of us, if not all of us, have heard the nursery rhyme about Little Red Riding Hood. But just in case, I wanted to recap that for you real quick, because it's a nursery rhyme about something we learned when we were young. If you remember, Little Red Riding Hood was the little girl who decided she was going to go pay her grandmother a visit. She was going to go and and take her some bread. But the big bad wolf decides, hey, she looks rather tasty. So the big bad wolf, he decides, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and get there ahead of her. I want to I get to Grandma's house. So he goes and he gets to Grandma's house so that he can try to trick her into eating her. His plan for this, of, of, of tricking Little Red Riding Hood, is getting close enough so that he could pounce on her. The only way he could think to do that is to emulate Grandma. So he gets there, he does whatever he does with Grandma, and puts on his, her, her nightgown and her bonnet and dresses up and everything so he looks like Grandma. And he lays there in Grandma's bed in Grandma's house. Now, everything's going as planned, if you remember in the story, until Little Red Riding Hood makes a few astute observations. She starts noticing some things here that looks a little out of character. And she looks at the wolf and says, My Grandma, what big eyes you have. Well, that's better to see you with, my dear. Oh, well, my Grandma, what, what big ears you have. Well, that's just all the better to hear you with. And then what? She says, my grandma, what big teeth you have. At which point the wolf jumps out of the bed and replies, all the better to eat you with, my dear. And he jumps up going to eat her. But thankfully, we all know that the woodsman happens to come in the door right at the right time and does away with the wolf, rescues her from those teeth, silencing those big teeth. That wolf was ready. He had a plan. He had everything tricked out and ready to... To, to, to bring her into the fold so that he could eat her. Now, I wonder, this week anyway, was there anyone in this building that had to face the big bad wolf this week? Was there anyone this week that had somebody, had something, had the enemy knocking at the door, tricking them into doing something that they should not have been doing? If you are that person, if you realize that the wolf almost pulled you in this week, this is what this, you're the one this sermon is for today. But also, too, because I know that wolf is trying to trick all of us at some point in our lives, this sermon that the Lord laid on my heart about these teeth are, are, is for every one of us today. So in Psalms chapter 3, notice what it says, starting in verse 5. He says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I am not afraid of the thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek, and you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessings be on your people. Hallelujah. And if you was to turn over to Psalms 56, in Psalms 56, verse 8, he says, Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Knock their teeth out, he's telling them to the enemy. He's saying, God, take on my enemies and not just take them on, but knock their teeth out. While the wolf, the, 
the lion or any other the figure may be that has attacked you this week. David says in the midst of the host of the enemy, even if there's 10,000 of them, I don't have to worry. When I say David, David, the writer of Psalms, I don't have to worry in the midst of all these enemy, in the midst of the wolves, in the midst of the lions, in the midst of all these are trying to use me. I don't have to worry. Why? Because God, you are for me and you will swipe with one swipe of your hand, break their jaw and knock the teeth out of those who oppose me. Praise God. Now, I would say I have a feeling somebody in this building today probably does not need to leave in the same way they came in. Many of us tend to get beaten down. Many of us allow the wolf to, to, and the enemies to start to take us down. Maybe some of us even barely made it to church this morning because the enemy is attacking one way or the other. I've talked to two different people today that said that it seemed like Satan was trying to keep them out of church this morning. Folks, let me tell you this. It is time that we quit trying to fight our battles on our own and do this as David did here in the Psalms and cry out unto the Lord and say, God, fight my battle for me. Because when God fights that battle against our adversaries, when God fights that battle against the evil one, guess what he's going to do? It says he breaks the jaw and knocks the teeth out of them. He knocks the teeth out of our adversaries. All we have to do is get out of the way. Now, understand, when I say our adversary, I'm not saying that argument or dispute you may be having with someone across the street. I'm saying when the enemy, the evil one, is to put up his plans, when the evil one is coming against us, it is then that we should go to the Lord, lay it out before him, and ask God, God, come forth and fight this battle for me. Step into this battle for me. Come in and and do what you do best. Now, some of us tend to get took in. We, we, allow the, we ask the Lord, come in and, and, and fight this battle, but we then don't get out of the way. We, we keep standing in the way. There, there are people probably in the sound of my voice this morning, whether it be by CD or the videos or whatever, that have fallen into this trap. Red Riding Hood almost stepped into that trap. There's many today who have listened to that voice of the enemy that has allowed themselves to, to some have even given in to it. Some knew that it was a trap, but just went ahead and just gave in. Some of us tend to, to have heard the deception and, and allowed the threats to lure us away from what we know to be right. And we, we, we walk a pathway and we know we're not supposed to be there, but Satan's got this trick and he's got all this stuff and he's pulling us that way. Or maybe some of us have fallen into that lie. Well, it's okay if it feels good to you. God wouldn't want you to feel bad about it. So just go ahead and do what feels good to you. That's a lie right out of hell. Folks, The enemy is going to put on the bonnet. He's going to put on the nightgown. He's going to put on whatever it is that he thinks can trick you into doing something where he can devour you, where he can reach up and grab a hold. The problem oftentimes is we look at our will. We want what we want, and it's not about our will. It's not about what we think we desire. We should be getting back to the Word and say, God, I want to be what you've called me to be. It's about your will. I want to do what makes you happy. Therefore, anything that transpires in my life that's not of you, I want to step back and give it to you, God, and allow you to fight that fight. Why do we so often try to fight our own battles? We know we have weaknesses. We know we are perceptible to, to, to arguing. Maybe we know we have anger issues. Maybe we know that we have vanity issues. Maybe we know we have the, 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 the conceited gossip, whatever it is, rather than trying to fight those things on our own, knowing that Satan's going to set up a trap for us, he is a, as a lion 
He's got teeth. Those teeth can hurt. Rather than allow those teeth to sink themselves into our life and hurt those around us and hurt us and bring us down, we need to stop and do as David said, God, I give this fight over to you. Because I would submit to you this morning that even if you've made it through the battles this week, there's more to come. Satan doesn't just quit. It says that he's going around the perimeter, seeking out whom he can devour. He is looking on how he can take us down. He is looking at how I can set up the trap. He's looking at how can I make them all my little red riding hood. But I don't want the woodsman riding in because the woodsman does what? He breaks my jaw and knocks out my teeth. Folks, when you call upon the Lord to fight those battles for you, you win. When we quit fighting and give it to God and say, God, here it is. I I ask you, Lord. Come in and, and, and break the jaw and knock out the teeth of my enemy that troubles me. Come in, Lord, and, 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 and work in my life to take this away. Being a Christian does not mean always just trying to be nice. Praise God, we are to be nice. But when the devil shows up at times, it's not time to be nice. It's time to put on our war clothes. And our war clothes is getting on our knees and crying out to God, our captain, and saying, Father God, what would you have me to do here? Because I know what you're going to do to him. But as long as we keep thinking that we're only got we, that we have to fight these battles on our own, the more we fall into his trap, the more we fall into his trap, and we're perceptive. We can say, "Wow, you know, your eyes look pretty big here." Oh, well, your ears some some don't seem right in this predicament I'm finding myself in. Rather than continually following along, hoping the woodsman runs in the door, we need to step back and say, "I don't like your eyes, God. Come on in." I don't like your ears. I don't like the trap that I'm falling in here. God, where are you right now? It is those times that we should stop and shout out unto the Lord and understand and realize, shout it out to ourselves, that He is still able to deliver us. When the devil shows up, guys, it is not a battle we have to fight. We can stand our ground and that He that is within us is stronger than He that is of this world. When we can realize that the battle is not between flesh and blood, but principalities of good and evil, and stop and call in the principal player, and know that, as David said, that he can break the jaw and knock out the teeth of the enemy, that's what we need to do. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase spoken, getting your teeth knocked out. Hopefully it's not been said to you. Or hopefully you haven't said it to someone else either, really. I hope you just happened to hear it at some point. But that term, that, that terminology of, 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 that, that of getting your teeth knocked out, that indicates something that is painful. There is pain about to be inflicted. That punishment is imminent. When somebody says, I'm about to knock your teeth out, he's saying there is a consequence to your actions right here. This isn't a fun thing. Getting your teeth knocked out doesn't seem to be a pleasant experience. It just don't. For those that don't know, I've had my teeth worked on a lot here lately. One pulled that didn't even need to be pulled and it's not pleasant and that's not even knocked out that's from a dentist doing it with anesthesia or not anesthesia but whatever the shots so can you imagine getting your teeth knocked out things changed things happened as bad as my mouth was that's nothing like getting them knocked out but i can say after my experience there's things that changes when you lose teeth when things happen in your mouth stuff happens It's going to change the way things move and operate, if you will. I'm having to get used to how my teeth match up again. My point with this is this. 
the devil will no longer, when you cry out unto the Lord and say, God, here he is, and, gets, and God comes in, breaks his jaw and knocks out his teeth, the devil will no longer be able to rule or control your circumstances. When God knocks his teeth out, he has to change his plan of attack. When you allow God to come in your life and move in a mighty way against the adversary, the adversary has to change everything up. You'll start to see prayer for what it is and what it does. You will see that when you cry out unto the Lord in the midst of your trials, that the Lord is going to come in and he's going to fight that battle with the evil one. We, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if I be for you, if God be for you, who can be against you? I'm saying this this morning because for whatever reason, I think we're losing the, the, the ideology of the power of prayer. When I go to the Lord in prayer, it's not just something to say that I'm doing. It's not to make somebody feel good that I just prayed for them. When I call upon the name of Jesus Christ, if I am doing it just to make somebody else feel good, then I am doing it in vain. And the Bible says, do not use my name in vain. When I call upon the name of Jesus Christ, I am calling upon the name above all names, the creator of all creators. I am calling upon the Lord of lords to come in and work miraculous things and fight incredible battles. When I believe that I am in prayer, when I believe that it is what God said it is, when I believe that I am tapping the power of the universe and beyond, then the adversary is going to lose. And the more you recognize and realize that you don't have to fight your own battles, the more you recognize and realize that God said, I am right here for you, the more you're going to realize that you can just swing and swing and swing. But when God comes in and he fights that battle with the evil one, he breaks their jaw and knocks out the teeth. And, and the adversary has nowhere to go. God can fight so much better than we can when it comes to the evil one. When it comes to Satan. Another thing that happens when your teeth are knocked out, your desires are going to change. Things are going to change what you can and cannot eat, if you will. When God comes in and he knocks the enemy in such a fashion, when it, as David said, knocks the teeth out of his enemy, he, I guess what I'm trying to say, preach this morning, is that Satan, he has desired to sift you as wheat. The scripture says that he desired to Peter, that he would come and be able to sift him as wheat. And there may be days that you thought the devil was winning. That the devil was sifting you as wheat. But I would say that the Lord has sent me this morning to tell you, just like he did for Israel, that that enemy, that, that, that enemy you see today, that enemy that seems so big and bold and, and ready to devour you, when you turn it over to Christ, when you allow God to knock the teeth out of that enemy, he doesn't appear that big and bad anymore. He's just an emissary. When, he, when we can hear God say, I'm about to break your jaw and knock the teeth out of you, that one that scared you for so long doesn't haunt you anymore. We'll be able to leave here and, and walk in victory like we've never known when we realize that God be for us and who can be against us. That's more than just a cliche verse, folks. We should live our lives by that. If I am in the will of God and God be for me, then Satan himself can stand on, the, uh, on a building out there and just roar as loud as he wants to. My God can knock your teeth out. And I can walk with victory. I don't have to live in a beaten down state of mind. I don't have to live beat up and hurting all the time thinking, oh, poor me. Sure, this physical body is going to have aches. Sure, this physical body may have desires and wants and such. 
But you know what? The spiritual body within me can stand victorious. And when that Christ who's within me and that spiritual body within me is standing victorious, then he'll make this physical body do whatever it tells it to do. And even if he says it's time for this physical body to go back to the earth from whence it was created, you know where my spiritual body goes? Not to the one who's been growling and roaring and wanting to devour me. I stand in the presence of my Lord. And when I acknowledge that, when I understand that, when I realize, guys, there's so many battles that happen on a daily basis that Christians are falling in. And and we think how horrible it is. But just like Red Riding Hood, that was a trap. If we will start realizing and recognizing the traps for what they are, when we start realizing and recognizing that when something smells fishy, I better give it to God. That's when our lives are going to change. In James chapter 1, verse 22-25, this is a passage of Scripture you probably recognize, but listen to what he says. He says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and right away forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who acts, this person will be blessed in what he does. Do you hear what he says there? We are to be doers of the word. What I'm trying to say today with that is, is, We can take this word. We can take what David said in the Psalms. We can listen to how he prays and says that even if there's 10,000 enemy, Lord, come in and you'll break their jaw and knock their teeth out. We can be doers of the word. We can pray. We can allow those words to mean something to us this morning. Let us let let them serve serve us and, and minister to hope. It can give us hope in our lives and in the things we're going in. And and we can realize that there's hope to get out of this mess. We can take those words and be doers of it, praying. God, take on this battle for me. God, move in my life here and be able to have hope in the midst of our our adversities. Or we could just be hearers of the word, run through the motions, go to church on Sunday like we always do, and still allow the enemy to be in control. There's a lot of people sitting in churches today that the enemy is running their life. There's a lot of people sitting in churches today that is allowing the enemy to put that spirit of depression upon them. Allowing the enemy to to tell them that why can't continue to go on. Allowing the enemy to say, you'll never be any better than this. Allowing the enemy to say, well, you're useless, you're worthless, God can never use you, you've sinned, you can't be forgiven. There's so many people in churches today that are beaten down and broken and losing hope and some already have lost their hope. Because they're allowing Satan in the driver's seat. James says, don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. And being a doer means listen to what David said. David was a man that God said was after his own heart. But when David was in a bind, he looked up to the Lord and said, I give you my adversaries. I give you my enemies. When we have the adversary against us, we should be a doer and say, God, here it is. And when we realize that God will take care of the adversary, we'll climb out of the trap and walk in victory. We have to make a choice today. Are we going to be hearers of the word or are we going to be doers of the word? For those of us that will will, will stop and allow God to step in and take a swing, when we allow God to come in and fight that battle, when we allow God to come in and take out that devil that is hindering the walk with God, our lives are going to change. So many times we say, 
Well, there's so many Christians that think, well, why is it just me? Why is the devil coming upon me so hard? Why, why, why? When in reality, it's why won't you just give it to the Lord? We, in, in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about forgiveness. And I thought that was going to be a small part of today's Sunday school lesson, but it took up the entire hour. And that's good. But you know why? I think oftentimes forgiveness seems difficult because we choose not to give it to the Lord. Therefore, rather than give it to the Lord, where he can deal with it and battle it and we can walk in victory, we keep holding on to it and allow Satan to run our lives with it. And so with unforgiveness, Satan takes control. And little by little, he chews us up and is bringing us down. Why? So that he can pounce upon us, pounce upon us and devour us. Folks, I'm telling you this morning, Whatever it is that Satan can use as a trap, whatever it is that he can use to put a roadblock between you and God, whatever it is, even if it's just a speed bump, you may be able to get over it, but it still made you not go as fast towards the Lord. Whatever. You're allowing Satan to take control. We need to stop and say, God, here I am. What would you have me to do? God, you can break the jaw of my enemies. You can knock the teeth out of my adversary. I give it completely over to you. You know, another thing that happens when we, you get your teeth knocked out, people don't speak correctly anymore. We can't say and do what we want to do anymore. It doesn't come out right. Notice in Daniel, another very familiar story. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 21, it says, Then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. They haven't hurt me, for I was found innocent before him. Also, I have not committed a crime against you, my king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, uninjured, for he trusted God. Notice he said, then Daniel spoke, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. When they threw Daniel into the, into the lion den, those lions were roaring. They were hungry. They were f- roaring fiercely. But all of a sudden, when the one who trusted in the Lord was thrown in, those lions got lockjaw. All they could do was grunt now. They couldn't open their mouth and roar. They were hungry. They had all this stuff. But when a child of God who trusted in the Lord was thrown in there, no longer could they growl. Why? Because God shut their mouth. Because the Lord of heaven reached down and shut that lion's mouth. Folks, I would tell you this morning that the Lord will protect those that belong to him. But we have to call upon him. We need to look to him and say, God, I have faith in you. Daniel had faith in the Lord. And when the king came and and called out to Daniel, just assuming he was devoured, he'd heard them lions roaring. David said, nope. I mean, not David. Daniel said, nope, I'm good. The Lord loved me and shut the lion's mouth. Folks, for some of us, the lion has held you inside your prison walls. Whatever that lion is, you may make excuses. You may say, well, it's my own anger. It's my unforgiveness. It's my need for this or my need for that. It's the bonnet and the nightgown of the grandma that the wolf has on. It's still the wolf and God can fight it. You've just got to give it to him. Some of us today has allowed the lion to hold us back. We're fighting on our own, and, we're, and we may be even making a little bit of progress. But if we would just give it over to the Lord, if you would just give it to God and say, God, fight this adversary, you know what's going to happen? You won't even hear the growl anymore. 
God will shut their mouths. That's what happens when the Lord comes in and breaks the jaw and knocks the teeth out of the enemy. He shuts their mouths. And when you hear those grunts going on anymore, it reminds you of what God did for you. Again, look at Psalms again. Psalms 3. He said, I lie down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I am not afraid of the thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Why? Rise up, Lord. He's calling out to God. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. And you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We should be rejoicing this morning. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we should be able to come in this church not beaten down, not not hoping that God can move in our lives. We should be rejoicing in the knowledge and knowing that God is on my side, therefore I have victory. Regardless of what my marital situation is, regardless of what my employment situation is, regardless of what my financial situation is, regardless of what my medical conditions may be, I have Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the one who will return riding in front of the the, the multitude, the one who will come back and bring his church to himself. I have the Lord of Lords on my side for that reason I am victorious regardless of what the devil may say, regardless of what traps he may set. I can walk in victory, not because of who Frank is, but because salvation is of the Lord. And he said that salvation can be had by anyone who professes with their mouth and believes in their heart that he is the Son of God and was resurrected on the third day. We can have salvation, and because of that salvation, the enemy should not be able to trick us. And when he does... We should cry out unto the Lord as David, God, come fight this battle. There's no more threats, no more fear, no more backing up, no more living in dismay. Today, that adversary, when we truly acknowledge and wrap our mind around the fact that God is who he said he was, that the adversary has no control over him, then our mind can stop and say that the adversary has no hold on me. And my hope is not based in my abilities. It's not based in my capabilities of fighting. It's not based in my my ability to read or write or study. My hope is based in the Lord of Lords, who can break the jaw and knock out of the teeth of my enemy. Hallelujah. If we would get up every morning and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made, I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because of who Frank is? No, but because the one who has conquered the world and said, be of good cheer, is on my side. We forget what team we're playing on. We forgive. I was teasing my mother yesterday because she had to leave because she had to watch the Alabama game. They won 56 to nothing or 56 to 6 or something. That's not a game. That's a slaughter. But you know what? That's the way it is with God, too. He's going to win the umpteen numbers to zero. My God wins. So I don't have to watch the game. I'm just going to go and be what God called me to be. I know He wins. I know He wins. I read the book. I know he wins. Many years ago, there was a submarine that ran by another ship and it sank. And it, it, it went down very quickly and it was feared by everybody that they wouldn't be able to save these guys and they, that they were going to run out of air. Even though they were down on the bottom, they could tell where they were at. They were trying to figure out, how are we going to get in there? And as the despair was setting in, they, 
they suddenly realized there was some, the sonar men were listening and they heard these taps. And they realized it was Morse code. And they figured it out. It was saying, is there any hope? That's what the, the guys in the submarine wasn't asking how much longer or anything else. It was just, is there any hope? Folks, I would tell you this morning, there's a lot of people sitting in churches today wondering, is there any hope? Is there any help? Why? Because the teeth of the adversary has, has caused many people, many of us, to get hurt. Caused many of us to waver. Caused many of us to just start questioning, is there any hope? Where do I go from here? What should I do? Psalms 3.7, the New Living Translation says this. It says, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face and shatter their teeth. Matthew Henry, the commentary you guys gave me uh, a a little while back, I looked it up in there. You know what Matthew Henry says? He said, Disable them to do any mischief that they intended, for you have broken their teeth. Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning that when we put our adversary into the hands of God, He is going to disable them where they can't do it anymore. Now, I can't tell you that I've ever asked the Lord to slap my enemies in the face. But that being said, maybe today's a good day for someone to do that. Maybe the Lord's laying it on your heart to say, quit trying to fight this battle on your own, that it's time to ask God to come in and and slap that enemy, to break the teeth of that enemy. If you're tired of being sick and tired, then tell the Lord to slap your enemy down and make himself known in your life. We need to stop trying to fight everything on our own and say, God, here I am. What would you have me to do? And I pray that you just break the jaw of the enemy and move in my life in such a fashion so that I can walk victorious again. So I can be what you've called me to be. So that the devil, the evil one, your adversary can be reminded who your daddy is and who's in real control. See, Satan wants you to believe he's in control. When you let him know that he is no longer there, that God's in control, your life is going to be so much sweeter. When you quit allowing everything else to control your life and allow God, your life is going to be so much sweeter. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he is walking around seeking whom he may devour. Seeking out what he can eat. And in Luke 22.31, it says, Satan has desired you so that he could sift you as wheat. Now, you take those two together. 1 Peter says he's a lion, walking around the perimeter there, seeking whom he can devour. And then it says in Luke, well, he wants to sift you as wheat. I got to thinking about those two. He's a lion with teeth, but he wants to sift me like it's wheat. Lions don't sift things, do they? Lions don't sift things. They have teeth. Everywhere in the New Testament, you see teeth mentioned. There's, it's usually followed by gnashing and, and gnawing. That's what teeth do. Teeth tear things up. And I was praying about this, and I, I got thinking about it, and I thought, you know, that Satan appears as a lion. He appears with with all displaying himself as a lion, with all the attributes of a lion. He attests to the fact that he is a lion. But somewhere in the midst of the turmoil, this lion that Satan wants to present himself as, somewhere in the midst of everything, a great hand reaches down out of heaven, slaps that lion's mouth, breaks his teeth, where he can no longer gnash anymore. All he can do is sift. 
He has no more teeth, folks. Yes, he can hurt you if you allow him to do so. But if you are a child of God, what did it say? Salvation comes from God. And what is that salvation? He'll fight those battles for you. But you've got to put it in his hands. Satan, he wants to trick you. He wants to make you think, I am big, bad, and I am everything there is. And don't get me wrong, Satan is a bad character. You can't beat him. But my God who dwells within me can and has. And he will dwell within you and fight your battles for you too. Satan wants to sift you as wheat. But my God says no. It happened at Calvary. Satan had those big teeth. He thought he had won. He thought everything was great. You know, look, I've got Jesus Christ. He's nailed to a cross. He is going to die. But I can say to you this morning, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? For the wages of sin was death, but victory is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Satan may have teeth for those who don't know Christ, but for those who know Christ, all he can do is sift. I'm preaching today that the enemy is like a roaring lion. He looks like a lion, but his bite is gone for those who shout out unto the Lord. Where are you this morning? There's a lot of people in God's houses today that have allowed Satan to take control of their life, take control of their being. And they are existing, but they're not living. Jesus said it was going to be hard. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He said the world is a harsh place, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. If you're here this morning, Maybe it's your children that's got you down. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. I don't know. And I'm not one of these that's going to sit here and say, give me three of these and say four of those, and all of a sudden you're great. But what I can say is this, is that my God loves you enough that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And if I be for you, who dare be against you? And with me, you are more than a conqueror. Folks, I am saying this morning that with Jesus Christ, we don't have to fall for the fairy tale. Yes, he looks like a lion. Yes, he has teeth. Yes, he's got big eyes. Yes, he sets elaborate traps. But when I stop and I call upon the Lord in prayer on a daily basis and focus on His will, not mine, when I focus on His forgiveness, not mine, when I focus on what Christ has done for me, that I can be what Christ wants me to be to others, and it is He who will fight my battles, and I can walk every day victoriously, regardless of how ill this physical body may be, regardless of how broke the bank account may be, regardless of how much interpersonal relational problems I may be striving to get through, I can stop and give it to the Lord and say, God, show me the way. And I can go to sleep at night with a smile on my face. Why? Because of Frank? Nope, because my God knocked the teeth out of my enemy a long time ago on a hill of Calvary. And he said, thus saith the Lord, anyone who believes in me, professes with their mouth and believes in their heart, so shall they be saved. At that point, when my Lord arose again, my enemy lost his teeth. You can either choose to acknowledge that in your life, or you can choose not to. It's your choice how you're going to live. Are you going to let Satan run you, or are you going to let Christ? you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then yes, 
The enemy is seeking to devour you. And he's got his paw in front of you, hoping that you won't jump over and grab the, the, the hem of the garment of my Lord. But I'm telling you, if you just grab the hem and say, Father, I believe that you are the Son of God, and I am a sinner in need of that grace, and I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, and make me wholly thine, you know what's going to happen? Not only is that paw going to get slapped at the enemy, his teeth are knocked out and he can't bite you anymore. He can still pull you down and trick you. But you're God's at that point. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. Make that decision before it's too late. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would ask you this. Are you fighting your battles or are you letting God fight them? Because when you keep taking your things into your own hands... Satan's going to outsmart you. If it hadn't have been for the woodsman in that fairy tale, she would, Red Riding Hood would have been dinner. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, we could never make it. But with Jesus, we can come through. He's standing there wanting to save you. All you have to do is cry out to Him. Will you do that? Don't be so prideful that well, I accepted him 25 years ago. I told him then I loved him. He knows it now. Go to the Lord daily. Take him your prayers daily. Take him your heart's concerns daily. Take him your illness. People say, oh, well, God's not in the healing business anymore. My God didn't fall somewhere. My God's still the same God yesterday, today, and evermore. There's not an illness ever thought of that my God is not Lord over. He can do your finances. He can heal your body. He can heal your relationships. But most of all, He can heal your heart. But you've got to ask. You have to ask. You know, we, we come down so... Ta- as Baptists, Baptists like to say, oh, those, those Pentecostal people, those holy rollers, you know, they, they get filled with the Spirit of God and they do these funny things. Praise God that they're not so proud that they won't show the Spirit of God in their life. Praise God, they don't mind holding up their hands and saying, you know what, I can't fight it, but my God in heaven can. I'm reaching out to Him. Praise God for those who will put their pride to the side and let God be their Lord. Where are you this morning? If you're still fighting your battle on your own when you walk out these doors, that was your decision and your fault. But my God says that I will intercede and I will show you the path. Now, does that mean you may get scraped up climbing out of the trap you let yourself fall into? Yeah, but that's how we learn. The good thing is I can climb out of that trap victorious knowing my God's got my back. Let's quit being so prideful. Let's quit trying to hide God in a box. And let's go out in the world, and when the world attacks, say, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be bashful about it. Well, somebody may get mad at me. Good. Let them hear who the Lord is. Maybe he'll knock their teeth, not them, but knock the teeth out of the enemy that's speaking through them. Give God glory. And watch what he'll do in your life. Don't leave out of here unchanged. If you came in here beaten down, leave out of here with a smile of victory. If you came in here not knowing where to take the next step, leave out of here knowing that the next step's into the hands of your Father and He'll guide your path. 
let's not continue the same pathway. You know, Einstein said, you know what insanity is, he said? When you keep, keep doing the same set of routines, expecting a different result on the other end. Change it. Give it to God. And let him work. Let him work. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please understand that my God who cares for me, loves me, and I, and I, will, I will stand here and tell you, I put on the, 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 the armor of God on a daily basis, and when he says draw the sword and the shield of faith, I'm going to do so. I have no problem doing that. But that same God that gives me that power will give you the exact same power. You may say, well, yeah, but you're an outspoken individual. He will be outspoken through you if you allow him to do so. You may not be as mouthy as I am, but your actions will cry out, who's your Lord? And Satan will run for cover. Satan got slapped that day in Calvary. On Calvary. He knows what my God can do. He's trying to trick us into thinking that he doesn't, that we don't. Satan already knows who wins. He just wants us to think that he doesn't know. Let's let him know we read the book too. God wins. God wins. As we pray. Father God, I just come before you right now. And I I pray, Lord God, that if there's somebody in here today that has lost, not lost, but has been losing that battle, they've allowed Satan to pull them down to such a point that they feel as though there's no hope, there's no way out. No way to save their relationship. No way to save their finances. No way to, to save who they are. May you remind them that there's always hope as long as there's breath in our body. And that hope is in the name of Jesus Christ. God, may we put our faith in you and not our own abilities. May we not boast in what we have done, but may be able to lay down and proclaim what you have done in our lives. Father, may your will be done in the hearts of your people. Lord, as we go into this time of invitation, may you speak to the people that need to be spoken to. May lives be changed. And those that have truly just held on to you, praise God for them, Lord, and may you continue to strengthen them to fight that battle in the world. God, I pray your will to be done, Lord. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, I want you to sing. If he's telling you to pray, I want you to pray. If he's telling you to come down to this aisle, I'll pray with you. You can pray at this altar. You can pray where you're at. But guys, don't leave out of here beaten. Don't. Don't. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that we have to sit on our hands and look like beaten, milk toast, poor little me. Nowhere does it say that I have to look like I've sucked on a lemon for the last 10 days. I can go out into the world with a smile on my face and victory in my heart with the adversary standing right in front of me. You know why? I know my God wins. And through the power of my God, you can too. You can too. As we sing, guys. Mm -hmm.